Hello everyone, welcome to Next Generation Saints. This is your host, Nick Coons. This is the Apologetics Ministry of Christianity, where I teach about all sorts of things about uh, political, social, practical issues, and philosophical issues of the day. So without further ado, I'm going to jump right into this episode of episode 3. We're going to be talking about Mormonism. So a lot of people have heard about Mormonism. I actually got introduced to Mormonism when I first moved from... Well, actually, no, I was living in Bishop, California at the current time. That's a town I was raised in. And one of my friends, Ian, was actually Mormon. And I didn't know too much about him, but I kind of just listened to what he was saying. But I was brand new into the faith of Christianity. Really didn't know what I was looking at. Um, so I wasn't really fully exposed. Then I went to move down south to the Disney College program. And there I was exposed to another co-worker who was a very devout Mormon. And he began talking to me about all sorts of things Mormon. And as I started researching more into Mormonism, I started finding that Mormonism and Christianity were not compatible with each other. And I talked to many Mormons later on throughout the years about their belief systems. And I know many Mormons, when they hear this, if if they actually listen to this podcast, they'll talk about how I got everything wrong, I'm not understanding it. but Or how they'll say, the Book of Mormon does not contradict the Bible. However, I'm going to give you one example right now that and describe it in detail about how it contradicts. And hopefully you guys will be able to look it up yourselves and let me know what you think. So, really fast, we're going to be talking about how does being saved and what grace is in the Bible. In the Bible, it teaches us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9, For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is a gift from God, not of works, least any man shall boast. Pretty straightforward. God saves you by grace, by sending his son Jesus Christ to die for you on the cross. And it's unmerited, undeserved. That's what it, that's what grace is. It's not something you have to merit. It's not something you have to work for and earn. If you earn it, then it's not grace. It's what is owed to you. It's like going to a job. You go to a job, you work for a certain amount of time, whether you're contracted, hourly, salaried, or or commission, right? And you go there, you spend your hard-earned time, and at the end of the day, you turn to your boss, at least figuratively here, and you say, I deserve to receive pay because I was here, I did my work, and this is what we agreed upon. And that's how you you work and you earn it. However, grace that God is teaching us is you're receiving a paycheck for free, No one is, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to do anything for it. You're just given a paycheck. It's by grace you've received that. You don't deserve it. You've never done anything for it. It's yours for the taking if you want it. That's what it is. So when Ephesians uh, chapter 2 verse 8 through 9 is talking about that you're saved. You receive your salvation through grace from the cross. From Jesus Christ dying on the cross. And that... This is not something that we have merited to ourselves. It is a gift from God because we can ultimately pay for our sins. If we pay for our sins, we go straight to hell because we deserve that. That is the penalty of our sin is death, separation from God. And he says, he even says straight up on uh, verse 9, Not of works, lest, lest any man shall boast. So he's saying straight up, you can't earn your salvation. You can't do anything to get your salvation in areas of doing works or um, or performances you do. You're getting it because God is good and very good and loves you enough, as John 3.16 points out, to go ahead and give you grace, to give you your gift of eternal life. 
Now, when you look over Mormonism, Mormonism, however, because the Book of Mormon, you got to realize Mormonism is not founded on the Christian principle. You read the introduction to the Book of Mormon, you're going to come across where it actually says that the that the cornerstone, you know, the foundational block that everything is built upon. You have a cornerstone in the building. The cornerstone is everything that the building is built upon. It's what you use to construct it, right? So a cornerstone of someone's faith is what holds everything together. What if one thing is proven wrong, the whole thing falls down like a bunch of like a deck of cards, like a bunch of dominoes. For Christianity, it, the cornerstone is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the cornerstone of Christianity. The, for the Mormonism, for Mormons, is the Book of Mormon. That is our cornerstone, as it says in the introduction. So going back to the point here. Now, I was looking at Second Nephite, um, chapter 25, verse 23. And this is what Joseph Smith had written down. For we labor diligently to write, to persuade our children and also our brethren to believe in Christ and, we, and to be reconciled to God. For we know that is by grace we are saved after all we can do. Oh. After all we can do. Now, I talked to a Mormon about this and I asked him in a little bit more in detail what it actually meant. They, they gave an analogy of, let's say that you're, you want a bicycle, right? And you see a bicycle in the neighborhood window. And you think, I love that thing. And I, I grew up with a bike, so I know what they're talking about. I, I loved my bike growing up when I was a kid. And you look at that bike and you go, man, I really want that. And you tell your dad, I'm going to save up to buy that bike. And he knows you're never going to be able to save up enough. But he sees you save up. And eventually you get to a point where like, I think I can buy the bike now. And you don't know too much about money and how everything works. It's your first time. And you dish out the cash, and he covers the rest of it for you, right? That's ultimately what they're saying. You work your butt off to a certain extent. And this is the crazy part about it. This is where I get into a little bit more of the philosophical side. You reach, you have to reach a certain threshold, like a percentage, that I have never been able to understand. No one has ever been able to explain to me about what percentage you're supposed to reach. Is it 20%, 30%, 40, 55, 65, 85? What percentage do you have to reach before God cuts it off and goes, all right, well, now my grace is sufficient and I'll cover you the rest of the way. That's where it leads to. It leads to you asking that question. And I think any reasonable person would ask that question if it comes down to Mormonism. It is by, for we know that it is grace that we are saved. By grace we are saved. After all we can do. You see what this has done. It is now said that you have to earn your salvation. You have to do works. You have to do, well, after all we can do. So you're doing all the works and, and whatnot. And then at one point you turn to God and say, God, I have done everything. I have worked my tail off here. You owe me to get me into heaven. Whoa. That's completely different than Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. that says, this is not of yourselves. It's a gift from God, not by works, lest any man shall boast. Right there, it's already contradicting by saying that if you're going to try to earn your salvation and say, I owe, you owe me this God, God's going to look and go, nah, this is a gift. You can't merit it. In fact, if you really want to go that direction, you really want to stand up and say, hey, look at all the good works I do. Sure, no problem. We'll take a look at what you do. 
The judge will look and say, man, you committed adultery because you looked at that pretty girl. Hey, you lied the, uh, about four years ago. Oh, remember that one time you stole a small pen out of that office? That wasn't yours. God has a very high threshold you must meet. And if you're basing it off of what you have done for him, oh goodness, this is like when you go to a, a courtroom and you're standing before the judge and say, hey judge, look, I know I raped and murdered a woman, but hey, look at all the good stuff I did. And the judge is going to go, cool, but you still raped and murdered a woman. You still need to go to prison, buddy. You still have judgment I got to pass down on you, man. You're not getting away with this. And so if you're holding on as a Mormon to 2 Nephi chapter 25, verse 23, you're screwed. Simply put, not only because you have no idea what the threshold is, but now you're going to try to use your good merits like a bribe to a judge. The Bible even teaches us that no flesh shall be justified according to in his sight. No flesh will be justified. So truthfully, if you're out there trying to work your tail off to make yourself into heaven, to make yourself look good in front of God, whoo. You, you got to spend less time reading the Book of Mormon and really go to the Bible and start reading from the New Testament. I say New Testament because it goes directly where Jesus is. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read it as a child would read it. And really start, you know, just coming to Jesus with that. Because the Book of Mormon is not going to save you on this. This is a clear contradiction. I've talked to Mormons. I've, I've told them about this dozens of times. And I think all to, and a lot of them reject what I say. In fact, all of them I've talked to, apart from I think one person, has rejected what I've said. And said, no, there's no contradiction between the two. And I look and go, I think it's because you choose to not see a contradiction between the two. That's one of the interesting things when you study Christian apologetics. Is that you get to see what Jay Warner Wallace points out in Cold Case Christianity. A presupposition to what we all believe. A presupposition is simply just... A uh, way we color the world around us. How we see things. How we think of things. That's just what it means. It's simply put. So when I talk to Mormons about this, the presupposition is the Book of Mormon is correct. The Book of Mormon is correct. And by the way, if you when you come across this with Mormons, they'll say, well, the book of the Bible is correct, is accurate, as far as it's been translated accurately. That's a huge cop-out. The Bible is translated from over 5,800 Greek manuscripts written in Koine Greek, all dating within the first century. We have the originals. You can look into the Vatican, much of them are stored over there. You can look over in Israel, much of them are stored over there. They are very well stored. They are very well kept, record kept. There's nothing about, oh, in, inconsistent translations. There isn't that. What you do have is the Bible will contradict the Book of Mormon on several places. And so what they'll say is, well, since it contradicts, we have to choose which one's going to be accurate. But your choice has already been made for you because the Book of Mormon says it is the most accurate book ever written. It first says it's com um, comparable to the Bible. Then it says it's the most accurate book and is the cornerstone of the Mormon faith. So naturally, when you have to decide which book you're going to follow, the Bible or the Book of Mormon, when it comes down to contradictions, naturally it's going to be the Book of Mormon. And truthfully told, that's what's going to lead straight to hell. Because you follow a false teacher who's giving you false information and you're putting all your faith and trust into that false teacher. That's what leads to. So, again, if you want to do research into this, guys, I highly suggest you do. 
Look up 2 Nephi 25, verse 23, and I encourage you to read the whole thing, not just one verse. Read the whole thing in context. And then read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 9. Again, feel free and read all of Ephesians. I would love for everyone to... I know I know, I had that happen one time where I, where I told um, someone about that. And they go, well, aren't you going to encourage me to read all the Bible and stuff? I go, well, if you want to read the whole Bible, I'm, I'm 100%. I will never tell you not to. They're like, well, don't you want to read the whole Book of Mormon? If you want to read the whole Book, book of Mormon, by all means, go for it. But realize you're going to run into contradictions. So, my last bit of notes here that I wanted to hand out. This is my good news for everyone who's listening. The good news is this. Jesus Christ died for you on the cross. That God still loved the world. He still loves you. They sent his only son to die on the cross for you. To forgive you of your sins. And to inherit eternal life. Just put your faith and, faith and trust in him. Remember John 3.16. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I want to leave you guys on that note. So, till next time, may God richly bless you, my dearly beloved.